0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the San Juan Snowcast. I'm your host Chris, today is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021, and you are tuned in to episode 8. The wait is over, folks, and our drought is dead! Well, for now at least. Hey, and that's pretty exciting, because in talking to some friends recently, the stoke for this winter was at dangerously low levels. But like I said, pow days are still coming, folks, and it looks like we could have some serious powder in store for this weekend. On this week's show, we're going to keep it simple and straightforward, with an update on the snowpack and the weather, a look at our community calendar, and then I'm going to serve up a tasty, bite-sized knowledge nugget on mindfulness. The snow is here, people. Are you ready for the backcountry season to begin? We'll put those big winter boots by the door and keep those shovels handy because there's a big storm coming and because the snowcast starts now. All right. Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, we got snow. The North San Juan zone picked up the most snow in the state of Colorado for Monday night storm with eight inches on Red Mountain Pass. 7 inches on the Telluride snow stakes, 4 inches on Lizard Head Pass, and 3 inches on Coal Bank. The storm slightly outperformed most of the model projections for our area, which is awesome, and also blanketed a whole bunch of different surfaces with fresh snow. So let's take a quick walk around the compass and check out what it looked like before Monday Night Storm. And we'll start on the east side. The east, which gets first light, is an interesting aspect because depending on a subtle shift from the south or the north, snow cover can be completely different. For instance, slightly southeast aspects near and below treeline are either completely baked out and dry, or may harbor some funky melt-freeze crust from our stout southwestern sunshine. But tilt the slope towards the northeast, and you'll find some snow that has stuck around since October and is likely comprised mostly of cohesionless facets, with some crust thrown in for good measure. On the true south aspect, the sun has burned off most of the snow, except for in high alpine pockets or below ridgetops. And the same is true for the southwest aspect. On the western side of the compass, we've got a similar story to the east side, with crusts on the sunny aspects and facets in the shade. And finally, on the north-facing slopes, where we have the most snow, it is all metamorphosed through diurnal recrystallization, to become weak, cohesionless facets from top to bottom. Then, 6 to 8 inches of new snow fell on those different surfaces. And model projections are showing another 12 to 15 inches coming on Thursday and Friday. So a good question to ask yourself is, well, what's this new snow going to do to what was on the ground? And maybe more importantly, where am I going to go skiing? And the answer depends on aspect. The incoming storm seems likely to dump a big, fat storm slab. And depending on the aspect, this could be on top of recently bare ground or on top of one to two feet of October November facets. The snowpack never likes rapid change. And when it's a cranky old pack of facets, it's even more sensitive to a big load. So in those shady areas where we have one to two feet of faceted snow on the ground, I expect we're going to see some natural avalanches in steeper terrain. The avalanche danger will for sure rise just in time for the weekend. And with this storm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Persistence slab and Wind Slab on the avalanche menu come Saturday morning. And what do you know, just as the skies are going to go blue. It's never a good setup when a big storm comes after a long drought, right before a weekend, to the delight of a crowd of frothing, pow-hungry, early-season backcountry riders. Yikes, talk about a recipe for human-triggered avalanches. So with all that said, what's your plan? Where are you going to ride? Well, I'm pretty tempted to find the grassiest south-facing meadow that I can find come Saturday and track it out with the hippiest of hippie turns. No weak layers lurking there. Or maybe I'll investigate the lower angle north-facing glades and dig to check out how the new snow load is stressing those early season facets. Key word there, low angle glades. But whatever you get up to, just keep it mellow. Remember, it's still early season. And keep an eye out for the red flags that you might see with this impending persistent slab problem, like recent slides in the area or cracking, collapsing, or whoomphing. These are all signs from the snowpack that it is primed to slide. And if you see something interesting or alarming, please submit an observation to the CAIC. I'll say with pride that when I log into the CAIC and check out other forecast zones around the state, the North San Juan zone consistently has the most publicly submitted field observations. And that is awesome. There is so much knowledge and experience in the San Juan backcountry community. And when information is shared, there's simply more data for us to use to understand what is happening out there. This is especially true for the avalanche forecasters, who rely heavily on our observations to formulate their understanding of the zone and to produce the hazard rating. So come this weekend, whatever you do, remember that a whole winter lies ahead. And stay safe, my friends. Looking ahead, the incoming storm arrives on our doorsteps later tonight, and NOAA has already issued a winter storm watch for this 48 hour system. The forecast is predicting periods of heavy snowfall and blowing snow, with a southwest wind gusting into the 30s as the storm arrives. And it looks like the most intense periods of snowfall will occur Thursday night into Friday morning. And if models come true, as they just did for storm one, Snowfall totals should be in the 12 to 15 inch range across the high peaks of the San Juans and as much as two feet could fall over by Wolf Creek. The storm should taper off as we go into Friday night and then Saturday and Sunday look clear with Sunday's daytime temps rising into the thirties, which could create some crustification out there on the sunny aspects. We've got another little chance for snow coming on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, but I wouldn't get too excited because this one could fizzle out. But, hey, we'll keep our fingers crossed and just be content with having some actual storms to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap on the snowpack and the weather. Sunk break! Okay, let's take a quick look at the community calendar. Here in Telluride, we've got our first backcountry chat of the season at the Wilkerson Public Library on Thursday, December 9th at 6 p.m. These chats are community events featuring guest speakers, and this week we've got some folks from the CAIC coming in to give us a snowpack snapshot and a look ahead to the winter. Thanks as always to the Telluride Mountain Club and the Pi Fund for putting these together. And speaking of the Pi Fund, if you're in the Telluride area and looking to take an avalanche course this winter... Did you know that you can apply for scholarship funds through the Pi Fund? Yeah, pretty sweet, huh? Established in honor of Peter Ingalls, former Telluride patroller, guide, and all-around badass, the fund awards money to help make avalanche courses more affordable and accessible. To learn more and to apply, check out the Telluride Mountain Club's webpage at telluridemountainclub.org. Also, this Saturday in Telluride, Jagged Edge will be hosting the Backcountry Gear Swap with gear drop-offs happening between 10 to 4 on Friday and the sale kicking off at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. So if you're looking to buy or sell some backcountry gear, check it out at Jagged Edge on Main Street this weekend in Telluride. There's also probably a whole bunch of different ski movie premieres happening around the Wands in the coming weeks, But I'm going to let you figure out how to find more info on those yourself. Because I'll be honest, lately I've been having some mixed feelings about ski movies and the role they play in glorifying risky behavior in the backcountry. But damn, those chesty POW segments get me so psyched. Okay, well I guess it's alright to indulge with discretion. (laughs) Now, before I venture into sharing my thoughts on mindfulness, I want to make another quick note about the podcast itself. For those who don't know, the Snowcast is not the first pod to come out of the belly of the beast of the San Juans. And I got to give credit where credit's due. So if you haven't yet listened to Slide, the Avalanche podcast, you probably should. Doug Krause of Silverton was cranking out some pretty heady episodes for a little while on the human factor side of backcountry touring. And if you're into that sort of stuff, definitely go take a listen. My buddy Elliot in Durango recently reminded me about Slide because he told me he listens to it every fall before the season just to get his head in the game. I listened to every single episode of Slide back in 2018 when it was literally the only educational avalanche podcast out there. And I think without even realizing it, I probably subconsciously incorporated some of Doug's shenanigans into this show. I mean, the funk break? Yeah, Doug liked to pause for the funk as well. And while I hope that the Snowcast provides something new, and interesting to the landscape of avalanche podcasts, I just want to honor those who came before me. So Doug, if you're listening, thanks. But let's be real, Doug's not listening. He's probably chasing POW somewhere around the globe. Clear. Moving. So in the last few episodes, I've been talking about the gear that you should take with you to help you be better equipped to respond to a backcountry emergency. But... To be honest, my approach to the backcountry is emergency avoidance, and all that stuff I carry is to deal with what happens when we make a mistake or miss something. Turns out, how you show up, in your head, to a day of backcountry touring is just as important to what you're carrying with you. Which brings us to mindfulness. Mmm, such a buzzword. Now, I'm not a meditator, and I've never been able to stick with yoga, so backcountry touring is my mindfulness practice. I go out there to chase the flow state of heightened perception that you get when you're in tune with your surroundings and fully cognizant of how you're moving through time and space. At times, and if you're really paying attention, it can be sensory overload as information streams out of the snowpack, the sky, and the air into your brain. That is, if you're paying attention. But so often, we're not paying attention. We're chatting up our buddy who we haven't seen in weeks. Or we're fixated on just going fast enough to keep up with the group. Or we're ruminating on the social media post that's getting drafted up in the depths of our frontal lobes. Long story short, everything in our lives seeks to distract us. And most of the time, we give in and let that little black box in our pocket consume our attention for maybe longer than it should. But when we define something in our heads as a mindfulness practice... It changes somehow when we make simple rules to reduce distractions like putting your phone on silent or better yet in another room and when we continue to check in with ourselves are you actually paying attention suddenly that activity warps it takes on a new and different importance maybe it takes on greater weight or meaning in our lives and we tend not to take it for granted now having this level of mindfulness and engagement in your surroundings during a recreational sport, is kind of unusual. But then again, skiing and riding in the backcountry is unusual. I mean, in what other sport can the medium that you're playing on potentially kill you? Okay, ice climbers and big wave surfers, I hear you, I hear you. But seriously, think on that for a second. Think about how a piece of information that you absorb on the skin track, like a big red flag rumbling woomph, could be the factor that leads you to turn around. And think about how, if you were distracted by chatting up your buddy or having ear buds in, you could have easily missed it. My advice is to give a day of backcountry touring the respect it deserves and show up ready to engage with your surroundings. If you approach backcountry skiing with more mindfulness and remain present while you're out there, statistics show that you're far more likely to gather information pertinent to your survival. And you've got a better chance of seeing cute woodland critters. That's a win-win. All right. Well, that's it for this week's show. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, help me out by giving me a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at San Juan Snowcast for up-to-date model runs ahead of this week's big storm. It should be a doozy. And also, I recently figured out that I can see where folks are listening in from. So I got to give a big shout out to my one listener in Nigeria. Keep the faith, my friend. Also, I found out that about 20% of you live up in Denver. Hey there, Front Ranger. Whereas only 15% of the episode downloads are coming out of Telluride and Durango. So San Juaners, we got to step it up. There are way more than 11 backcountry riders in Telluride who would benefit from hearing this show. So please, please, please tell five friends today about the pod. And if they think you're weird for listening to me nerd out about the snow, well, then maybe you need new friends. I'll be back next week with a look at what all this new snow is doing to our snowpack and avalanche hazard. And I'll give a quick recap from this week's backcountry chat here in Telluride. Until then, stay safe this weekend, friends. And think snow!